I suddenly realised when I said when Flo came to town, that might just go over some people's heads, but maybe that's a good thing. Moving on. Yeah, I'm guessing. Oh, my God, it totally went over my head. I, do you, I thought Flo was a person. Is Flo not a person? Flo is not a person. Parents visiting from Ireland after way too long. Sausages and black pudding smuggled in the suitcase. And DIY face masks. There are a million things I'm thankful for today. But what is my guest thankful for? There's no way I could attract somebody else into my life that had those qualities if I wasn't bringing those to the table. That was a really big lesson to learn, actually. There is this element of forgiveness towards myself for making some bad choices when I was younger. I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to Thanks A Million, where we explore our guests' personal gratitude lists to find out the things that have shaped their lives. This week's guest is the multi-talented Alicia Dixon, a singer, rapper, dancer, TV presenter, author and business owner. She started her career as part of the girl group Mystique with two platinum albums and seven top ten hits and has since gone solo with five albums to her name. She's just released her first music in five years this summer. In 2007, she won Strictly Come Dancing before becoming a judge two years later. The same year, she climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania for comic relief with a group of other celebrities including Gary Barlow who spoiler alert you will hear more about very shortly quite the fan is our Alicia she's since gone on to present a ton of tv shows including comic relief children in need and the greatest dancer she is of course a long-standing judge and a favorite of mine on Britain's Got Talent and more recently spread her wings into the shows in America and Australia and if that is not enough Alicia has just released her sixth children's book called Girls Rule a funny and inspiring look at sisterhood self-belief and being a girl boss something Alicia to be fair knows all about before we get into the episode, what are the things that you're thankful for, my dear listeners? Using the hashtag Thanks a Million Trio, please do continue to get in touch. I love these. Sharky, 10k run yesterday and legs still work. Bathroom refurb started today. Nightmare. Cat came home after bathroom noise protest. Lovely. Letting her feelings be known. Chloe Clark, playtime with my boys. Sunshine when it was forecast rain and the joy of a two-year-old with an ice cream. I'm now panic making dinner. And this was a nice reflection. Glad you asked. Glad you answered, Chloe. Tom Wolfe, one, all of my close relatives are healthy. Two, I can do my work in clients' gardens. And three, nice bath. I love a nice bath. Like it's actually a problem for me. Pharmaceutical grade, Epsom salts, stinging the bejesus out of me. But I know like pulling the toxins out too. Haven Creative, my sea swim this morning, bowl of porridge when I got home and being self-employed. A little bit smug there, aren't we, Haven Creative? Okay, enough of that. Shall we get into the episode? Oh, we go to wonderful places here. We chat about downtime, which, believe it or not, she manages to get in, actually prioritises. The universe giving you what you need in surprising ways. The past and leaving it well behind you. Her mum and nan and of course Mystique. Here she comes, it's Alicia Dixon. Hi Alicia. Hi my love, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Um, thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me. I'm excited me. to chat. I feel like you're a deep soul. 
Do you? <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? <laughs> I think I am sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I guess so. okay. Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have our moments, let's be honest. Um, and so gratitude, again, I feel like I don't know whether this Instagram or just your general aura, but I feel like it's something that you are quite, I don't know whether it's conscious or whether it's natural, but something that you're aware of and, and kind of practice. Yeah, I, tr- I try to practice it every day. And actually, I have those moments where if I've not said, you know, uh, given thanks for anything in my day, I st- start to feel a bit guilty because I feel like it's mm. a really important way to sort of start the day. And it's not that you necessarily have to sit down uh, for 10 minutes and going through a list of things that you're grateful for, but it's being mindful of it and it's being aware of it and just kind of starting your day with that in your heart, really. Like just thinking, mm. Do you know what, I'm grateful for um, today. I'm grateful for my health and I'm grateful for my family and my home. And I think that life always tends to feel more manageable when you kind of give thanks for the small things as well as the big things. Mm -hmm. And it's just a mantra that's always worked for me, really. Mm. So you've done that since you were quite young? Probably as I got into sort of like my late teens, early 20s. Okay. um, Definitely when you go through those phases of always feeling sorry for yourself (laughs) and then realising that actually when you zoom out, there's so much to be thankful for and to be grateful for and really thinking about what you have rather than what you don't have. Because I think, I don't know if it's just this country, but we're definitely a pessimistic bunch. And I think that actually, you know, no matter what struggles anyone's going through, I think you can always find something to be thankful for. And if you, Mm -hmm. and I always say zoom out because it puts life into perspective and you look around the world and you see what other people are going through and how people are suffering. And you realize we are just so blessed in so many ways. Mm. Yeah. So, so lucky. I love that zoom out. Um, okay, so zooming in. Yes. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> to today. Yeah. Um, what are you thankful for today, Alicia Dixon? Today. I'm not thankful for my Barry White voice. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm kind of into it. Do you know it. what? I went to Ant's wedding on the weekend and I literally oh, lost my voice and I haven't got it back since. I think I left it in Hampshire. Honestly. Were you singing? Because I have seen you at a party <laughs> drop, like going for it. And I, it I was, kind of it, got it gave pushed onto life. the microphone at one point, started doing yeah. the steak all I want. And actually, I got <laughs> pushed dream. onto the microphone. I think I started with, I can't talk and I feel drunk, but here we go. Let's go. And then I woke up the next day and literally couldn't speak. And I literally sound like Barry White. But so not thankful for that. But. Um, <laughs> I love that. The, the visual of it, though, and also your commitment, even if you're drunk and have no voice, I feel like you've definitely whipped out the dance moves. You're like, you know what? I'm here now and I'm going to make the best of Well, yeah, and I took the shoes off and just prayed that oh. no one had smashed a glass. You know when it's that kind of the night where, yeah, everybody's dancing barefoot because they can't yeah. walk anymore. But, um, oh, beautiful. But, yeah, that so, was an amazing Barry White weekend. aside. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm yeah, looking out my window and I'm thankful for a beautiful blue sky actually that's good enough for me if I see a blue sky it literally changes my whole mood for the rest of the day now I know I'll be in a good mood and I feel a little bit motivated when I see the the blue sky and the sun I feel like right I'm going to get things done today and um, if I look outside and I see gray it's like right let's get the sourdough bread out let's get the (laughs) coffee on and let's watch something and not be productive but today it's like no I've got a whole list of things to do and I know that I'll get through it 
because of that Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? And so do you do a list then the night before? Because I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, I've gotten really not great with the old list. And I know we should be prioritising rest and allowing ourselves to not be machines. But sometimes I take that a little bit far and get shit all done. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think you've just... I realise now the older you get, you've just got to go with the ebb and flow of how you are feeling and not force anything. And, and yes. give yourself a break. Like, I've just got to that point now. If I don't get it done, I don't stress or worry about it. I'll just do it tomorrow. Um, and that's all good. I think it's about being mm. in the moment and just going with how you feel in the present moment and listening to your body, listening to your mind and doing your best and not giving yourself such a hard yeah. time. So I think we're a bit hard on ourselves and I think we put too much pressure on ourselves and it's all well and good having a to-do list. But again, if we go back to that zoom out, like... The world's not going to end if you don't get through your list. Like, everything's still going to be okay. And it's having that internal dialogue with yourself where you just know that, you know, it's not the end of the world and life goes on and you'll get it done when it needs to be done and you'll step up when you need to step up and that's all that matters, really. Yeah, don't sweat the small stuff, basically. Don't sweat it, exactly. It's really not important. It really is. Do you know what? I'm going to chuck my to-do list out the window and <laughs> lie down. Why don't we create a not-to-do list? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Say I'm not going to stress. I'm not going to do my to-do list. I'm just going to chill. Yeah. Go for a nice walk. But that does feel like I sometimes think that feels quite an anarchic thing to do. To not like sit and get up and do the same thing and sit in that kind of, you know, slight groundhog, that expectation that Monday to Friday, yeah. you do, you, you work through that list and you kind of, there's not that much space to just, as you say, tune into what you're into, tune into what your body's telling you or your mind or your heart or whatever it is. Um, and and actually honouring that. I think we're we're all. I don't I don't even mean this mean this to be funny, but I think we're quite programmed in that sense. That like yeah. you say, we get to that Sunday and we think, right, it's Monday. We look at everybody else on Instagram, going, come on, let's go. And I've done it myself. I'm like, right, we're going to beat Monday. But actually, it does. It puts that pressure. And I think it's following your own. Uh, compass and not really worrying about what's happening externally and looking at what other people are doing and and not feeling like you have to conform to anything figuring out your own routine your own vibe your own way of working that suits you and we're all individual so our needs and how we operate are all unique to us and I think that's Mm -hmm. that's a healthy thing that's a good thing it's only dangerous when we feel the pressure of what society tells us we should do or, or social media is pushing us to do. And like yeah. I said, the, pro, the programming of Monday to Friday. For me, I have to say, when I'm kind of on it and I'm feeling focused, when I do um, work harder Monday to Friday, I do allow myself a more restful weekend and that routine does work. Yeah. But I think at mm-hmm. the moment, because my daughter's in, uh, on her summer holidays, it's making me feel... better fit, off. Yeah, it's making me feel not... Um, kind of all over the place. I'm quite enjoying the fact that we're not in that usual Monday to Friday school run routine and that everything's just a little bit more chilled and laid back. I like that. So I just go with the flow of that. And then I know once she goes back to school in September, I'll probably go back to my Monday to Friday, you know, routine and chill on the weekends. But, and that's, that's life. I like the fact that it's up and down. I think I've always been used to that, especially starting off in the music industry where there was no nine to five and every day was a work day and you'd work all through the night sometimes no matter you know if you were mm-hmm. PAing or traveling abroad so I kind of I've always been used to nothing being set in stone and I quite like that yeah it doesn't bother me as I said before everybody's different and everybody's needs are different yeah and I think that's it it's tuning into your needs and for a lot of people I think even that word you're like what what do you mean 
my needs. Right. It's like a very <laughs> subtle thing. You're like, yes, babe, you're not a machine. You need, like, as a human being, you have a list of needs and you kind of have to listen yeah. to those and they're not all the same I as you say. I think it's so important that people prioritise the me time and the, I don't mm. even call it selfish time anymore, like the self-love time, just as much as they yeah. would the things that, that need to get done. Because if you don't do that, everything becomes overwhelming. You become stressed. Then you're internally hurting yourself anyway by being so stressed and nothing yeah. is manageable and everything in your life becomes more manageable when you prioritize moments for yourself. And if that moment is mm -hmm. five minutes, who cares? Like I remember Oprah Winfrey saying once, if you can't find five minutes to lock yourself in a bathroom and be alone with, with your own thoughts, you're doing yourself a disservice because so or whether it's going for a, a walk or allowing yourself, I mean, I mean, I would love the luxury of to sit around reading books, but that's just not going to mm -hmm. happen. So I think for me, my what I call my self-love hour within my day is probably doing a workout, you know, or yes. taking the dogs for a walk. They're my kind of two moments to like clear my mind, switch the phone off, because I'm a slave mm -hmm. to emails and to-do lists unless I prioritise a window in my day where I don't do those things and I put the phone down, yeah. I put the laptop away and I just get out with nature or do something physical that helps me feel good and is like a release to kind of mm. offload stress and kind of give your mind Balance. a break basically yeah 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 see i told you you're a sage we're not we're we're straight out of the blocks and there's like little nuggets of gold in there <laughs> um okay moving on the thank fuck for this so is there a thing that you would be absolutely lost without a what sorry a thing or a ting, as I might a have ting. said. A ting, I say ting, yes. <laughs> That's one thing the Jamaicans and the Irish have got in common. Exactly. Um, one ting I would be lost without. <laughs> you know, I hate the fact that the, the first thing that came to my mind was my phone. But actually, yeah. actually, I was thinking this morning, probably my diary is the mm. thing I'd be lost without because I find if I just put something in my diary and it's all laid out there, then I don't have to think about it anymore. It's kind of... So we talk in a physical diary, Alicia. Just a digital one. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, look at her with the file of facts. But I will say, I will say this. This is the, the freaky thing about me in a diary. My mum said, and I do remember it a little bit, when I was in primary school, probably about six, seven, eight years old, I used to physically write out my schedule for the day. How weird is that? What child does that? It would literally be like 4.05, go to the shops, 4.35, oh. do the, you know, and I would literally have a list of things to do. I don't know if it was where my mind was overactive and I needed to have that structure or I just, yeah. I'm a just, I just like to be organised. I don't know what it is, but the diary has always served me very well in that I like to just know where everything is and what's happening. And then in a way, I, and that's my way of kind of like, offloading it because it's written down I'm not going to yeah. forget it to be honest yeah I just have a really bad memory <laughs> and if I okay, don't so write we... it down I'm screwed <laughs> yeah okay but I actually totally get that there's a kind of sense that once it's it's written down there yeah exactly it's kind of not occupying that little compartment like the yes. little whirring kind of to-do lists in the back of your head where you're like did I write will I remember to do I must remember to exactly. do will you remind me to do that in the morning you're like actually it's yeah. like an active little bit of your brain that doesn't need to be working if you can shove it into a, a diary I and think know that's what that it is it, yeah. I don't know how anybody operates without one to be honest nor uh, do I honestly <laughs> 
<laughs> and also it's just a good there's a safety in it and I guess you know with with your job and your life you know every day looks kind of wildly different so to know that it's just there and you know you surrender to the diary yeah exactly bit. and the diary entry it's not just you know work activities that are in that diary it's like normal things as well like I'll have a yeah. you know I'll write order uniform or mm-hmm. you know I'll enter when Flo comes in town or whatever it is you know it doesn't matter yeah. what it is anything trivial it just goes in there and that's it done and like you say you can just use that part of your brain for something else <laughs> mm. and actually do you know what? I think that's a really really important point I remember when I first went um I started going to therapy and I said to my therapist she said something about a diary I had forgotten something and she was like and you know do you you know put it in in a diary and I was like what what do you mean oh and I said I have a diary for work but for my personal life all of that you know I was so kind of uh, such a slave in a way to mm. my work that my personal life was not prioritized at all so it wasn't in my diary oh. if it wasn't in my diary it wasn't you know it wasn't guaranteed exactly ah, interesting so, yeah, so I would like make plans personally, but you know, they were always fluid because the stuff that was solid in my diary was was definitely getting done. Gotcha. And everything else was, you know, up for grabs, which was gotcha. like obviously quite an unhealthy um way to approach life. Like when Flo came to town, I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> that day. <laughs> I miss all these things because I've actually just not prioritised them. I suddenly realised when I said when Flo came to town, that might just go over some people's heads, but maybe that's a good thing. Moving on. Yeah, I'm guessing. Oh, my God, it totally went over my head. I, do you, I thought Flo was a person. Is Flo not a person? Flo is not a person. I've lost you. I've lost you. Oh my goodness, have you not had that saying before, hon? No! About Flo coming to town. Oh, babe. Time of the month. Time of the month. Oh, yeah. We had, like, there was a very Dublin saying, and I'm from just outside Dublin, but it was like, when you're on your flowers. There you go. Um, yeah. I don't know, you yeah. know, but Flo came to town. Oh, how cuter. funny. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not having dinner with Flo, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. Let's move along, Alicia. <laughs> that's great. okay is there a thank you next so i struggled with this question because the well i struggled with it because there's been many moments of my life that have not been great many Mm. and i've learned a lot of lessons from those moments and still continue to learn lessons from them but i don't know if i'm at that place where i'm thankful for them maybe i should be because i guess like you say everything is a lesson so Mm. and when i read that question i thought oh god where do i start (laughs) how long have we got on this I really struggled with it. And then I was like, um, and I really kind of got to that place where I was like, generally speaking, like I had so many shitty moments in my childhood, in my young adult life where I've made choices and made mistakes and have now regretted them. And that's what the part what I mean I struggled with to say I'm mm-hmm. thankful for. Because you know some people use that saying no regrets. Yeah. I, I'm not at that place. Like I do have regrets. I do have things mm-hmm. where I think, 
no, I should have made a better choice. I wish I'd made a better choice, particularly with like men. You know, like okay. I definitely like I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, you know, it was right at the time. No, I was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I should have known better. And also, I guess the only thing I could be thankful for is that I'm in a place now in a relationship with somebody who I love. And I don't think I could be in the healthy relationship I'm in now had I not been through a couple of shitty ones in the past mm, that actually showed yeah. me what's important now and what a healthy relationship looks like. I just hate that I had to go through uh, a toxic relationship in order to now yeah. know what a good one looks like. Because some people are just lucky enough to not have to go through all that drama before, you know, get into that place in their life. But again, yeah. it is what it is. And so, yes, if I could be thankful for that, I would say I learned a lot about myself. And I think relationships mm-hmm. are like that. They're like mirrors, you know, in a way. Totally. You kind of like, you bring out the best and the worst in each other. And, and if you're not growing together, you're growing apart. I wasn't in a good place. I wasn't in a healthy place in myself to attract somebody else in a healthy place. So that's yes. definitely a strong lesson that I've learned, which has been life-changing, actually, for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I can relate to that. And I think it, it, sometimes it is that contrast, isn't it? That, you know, they talk about having experienced, like, you know, as you say, a, a toxic relationship or something that wasn't right, whatever level that might be, means that you don't take for granted when you find something or someone that you know builds you up or fills you up or you know or maybe it pushes you to dig deep to love yourself yeah exactly like I had to do a lot of work on myself I think that was the key realizing that until I like you said really love yourself and do the work and heal and repair any sort of toxicity that's going on in yourself I literally kind of it was like an awakening it was like an aha Mm. moment there's no way I could attract somebody else into my life that had those qualities if I wasn't bringing those to the table myself and that was that was a really big lesson to learn actually so in a Mm. way there is this element of forgiveness um towards myself for making some bad choices when I was younger because actually Actually, I wasn't in a healthy state to to attract what I necessarily needed at that time. So, yeah, yeah. these things happen yeah, for I a reason. Yeah, I love that. Mm. They do happen for a reason. And I actually think that, you know, the, the idea of no regrets and like that can be very freeing to some people. But I think a lot of the time that no regrets mantra is just like, oh, Jesus, those feelings, the regret or the pain or the guilt, whatever the feelings might be, are too hard for me to um, process or to sit with. So I'm going to just say, you know what, hashtag no regret and on we go and like bury it and move on. And I think sometimes what we're at risk of doing Mm. when we move on without really thinking about why something happened or how we could do things differently, we're just doing the same thing over Over and over over again. again, It's like the lesson keeps coming around until yeah. we actually learn it, which is mm. which is tough and can make life tough, you know. So the sooner we yeah. learn the lessons, the nicer life becomes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I've definitely found that. I, it's like, in my mind now, it's like, I could never imagine being in that kind of relationship again. When I look back, mm. I don't actually recognise who I was. I almost feel like I've lived three or four different lives 
yeah. in 40 years. Yeah. So, yeah. It's funny. And do you like have a, a, an inner dialogue then with your like, you know, with your old selves, if we want to call it that, like your, you know, teenage self or your 20 something self in that shitty relationship that you're like, babe, it's cool. Like you mentioned forgiveness. Is there a kind of awareness that you want to, you know, wrap that version of you up and, and mind her a bit? Well, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's finding out a way of letting go because it's yeah. about accepting the past and learning from it, as we said, and then letting it go because mm. I don't believe in carrying around the baggage of the past. It has no relevance yeah. to the now. The only thing that has relevance is if you've learned the lesson, because again, like we said, mm. if you haven't, it's coming back around in a different form. So yeah. for me, it's about being as present as possible, being aware of the past, realizing how it's sort of changed you and formed you and, and what you've learned from it. But letting it go so that you're not carrying around a heavy weight because that's just going to drag you down and it's going to affect what you're doing in your present moment and it's going to affect your current relationship so it's so important to and also there's there's something in that with the future as well I think it's it's great to have sort of optimistic you know hopeful plans for the future but Again, it doesn't really exist. The only thing that's happening mm-hmm. is right now, which is the only thing that, that matters. I think that's the, yeah. one of the biggest lessons I've learned in life. Because I think you can mm-hmm. be stuck in, in, in either the future or the past. And, and then, you, yeah. then you're kind of missing out on today and every minute. And it's moment to moment for me at the moment, rather than yeah. week to week or month to month or years ahead it's moment to moment and it's actually a a more manageable way to live a nicer way to live and nothing Mm. seems overwhelming if you're just thinking about right now right now you know and that's enough because the world the world it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot to deal with it's a lot it's a lot you know so I haven't got time for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's so true and you know usually those feelings like they talk about emotions and how our our brain and our body certainly can't distinguish between past um and and future so if you you know create an image in your mind from the past so you're like reliving the past your body thinks you're literally there you know it's quite an exhausting expenditure of of energy and you're like just in Groundhog Day really or similarly you're you know in the future imagining whatever it might be Mm -hmm. either dread and horror or you know a glorious life and like there's value in that but there's also a sense that you're kind of missing out on what's happening right now yeah very very true yeah Mm. Are are you have you a fan of Eckhart Tolle Oh, love him, except for his voice on the old audio books. Oh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. <laughs> I like it. It's sort of like a, yeah. it puts you in it's, sort of a trance. Trance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he is yeah. like, he talks about the pain bodies, doesn't he? And how we all have these thorns and sometimes people yeah. rub those thorns and irritate us, but you've just got to remove yeah. that thorn. And how mm-hmm. like triggers and pain bodies, like you said, you can literally be in your now, but something from your past can still have power over your body and physically mm-hmm. distress you. But it's trying to figure out a way of detaching that and removing that yeah. so that it doesn't have that power over you now so it's yeah it's so interesting like I'm fascinated with all of that kind of stuff and I and I've studied you know people like Eckhart and Marianne Williamson and Gary Zukav like all of those people that have really taught me so many amazing like gems that serve me well in just how I navigate life and how I kind of like bring it back to that sort of like perspective and awareness which is just very super helpful 
And I think that's it. It's the little like moment of going, hang on, what I'm feeling really, you know, activated for want of a, a more, you know, relatable word. And then recognising, is that about right now or is that something yes. else? you know exactly and often it's not right now that's it's right something else that's right and which and and that's the thing and then it, it makes the, again the relationships we have in our life healthier yeah. because we suddenly are able to do more of the work and we realize what we're exactly. bringing to the table and if, if we're not mm-hmm. bringing something positive or we're bringing something toxic from the past and how yeah. that's destructive and it's it's kind of like recognizing your flaws in that respect and owning your toxicity and saying i'm sorry for what i'm bringing to the table because this is not exactly. you this is is me this is what's going on in me yeah and as I said before the more work we do on ourselves the better our relationships are with everyone and everything yeah it's, that's where it starts and I think knowing that you can go I'm really sorry like seconds after you've had yeah. whatever little moment you don't have to fester exactly. for days you don't have to stick in that little you know ego moment you can go do you know what I was actually being a dickhead or that was the three yeah. year old me I'm sorry that's right you know <laughs> that's right it's very freeing because you're like oh hang on we don't have to live in this little mm-hmm. like um, angry soup we can just go oh that was me. I'm sorry. I love you. Let's eat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let's eat and be merry because let's be honest, life is short, you know, and that's totally. what we want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, my dad, like very staunch Irishman, he used to say when we were growing growing up, oh, you could be dead tomorrow. And I was like, wow. I mean, I'm 12, dad, but thanks. But dad um, was right. Dad was spot on. He was so bang on but it comes full circle to what we were talking about because that's the point you start each day you know Mm. being thankful for the life that you've been given and when you start the day with that thought and you think about that all day the small things they're not important you're you're in a state of awareness and you're mindful of how life is precious and it's short-lived and so it Mm -hmm. it affects every choice that you make and and it's it's a nice place to be Mm, it's lovely I mean sometimes it doesn't work for me but when I'm there it's fantastic <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> we sound like two Himalayan monks Alicia I'm like if only yeah. they knew oh honestly but it, this is why I love doing podcasts because it's like you say these yeah. things out loud and it's like daily reminders because it doesn't matter who totally. you are and what knowledge you have and wisdom you have you fall off yeah. and it's always about mm-hmm. trying to find your way back to that place and that balance and that awareness and that's the constant journey and battle that we're yeah. all on and that's why I said to you that the lessons that I continue to learn because it's never ending that is that is life and so I'm here for it <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it too <laughs> Okay, so the thanks that got away, Alicia. I will say this. I've been really lucky that a lot of people that have kind of been really great to me and, and given me great advice in my life and helped me, I've, I've been able to say thank you to them. For some reason, the person that came to my mind was my nan, my nanny Clem, and that's my Jamaican nan. And she's sadly no longer with us anymore and um, became quite poorly towards the end of her life. And I I wish that I'd had more time to tell her just how influential she'd been and how much I appreciated her because we, we didn't have a perfect relationship, 
But we did have a strong bond and we shared many amazing moments. And I constantly, constantly refer to my nanny Clem. I'm like, oh, my nanny Clem would say this. Oh, my nanny Clem would do that. And I wish Mm. I could have maybe told her a little bit more just how much I appreciate what she gave to us and what we hope to continue on from from what we learned from her. So, yeah, she it's interesting now because I couldn't think of someone, but she was just sitting there in my mind. So, yeah, Nanny Clem, she was a legend. (laughs) Which makes me feel like if she came to mind, sorry, I'm a bit kooky like this, but I think if she came to mind, she's like, she's here, isn't she? Probably. (laughs) And she's like, babe, little shade out, wouldn't go astray. (laughs) (laughs) She probably is. She probably is. (laughs) And how how old were you when she passed away? Um, She passed away about, oh, gosh, Six years ago, something like okay, that. Okay, yeah, okay. So yeah. you knew her as a as an adult. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a very strong lady, very strong woman, uh, very funny, and I love that when you get together with family and everybody tells stories about. Nanny Clem and the things she used to say mm. and get up to. She's very funny. Yeah, I do love that when that kind of legacy lives on and you're like, oh my, she said what? Yeah, exactly. She did what? Exactly. You get the like colour of a person that you might not have necessarily known. I mean, I lost my, uh, my one of my grannies when we were really young and she used to often say to my mum, I can't wait until she's a teenager. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, like this just, there was this like lovely little bond that I was, you know, too young to really appreciate the significance of of that, I think. You know, but I, yeah, that that idea of knowing somebody when they're a bit older, like, oh my God, so she just knew fresh little child version of me, you know, so I'm kind of suspended in that moment. And also when you get older and you start looking at them as a human being rather than your nan Mm. or somebody connected to you with you know when you have expectations of somebody older than you and so then when I started to look at her life and what she went through as I got older I I grew more and more admiration for her and respect what Mm. she had to go through and the sacrifices she had to go through for her family and it just put it all into perspective for me like what a strong woman she was and yeah just how brilliant she was and I'm very thankful that she was my nan Mm, yeah, go Clem. Yeah, love that. Nanny Clem. Is there a big thank you, Alicia? I guess my biggest thank you is that growing up, not knowing what was going to happen with my life and where I was going to end up, that I still cannot believe till this day, and it always makes me feel emotional when I talk about it, that I cannot believe that I do something that I love. I cannot believe that the girl that came from a small town and took the biggest risk of her life by leaving college and joining a girl group, I can't believe that it actually paid off. Like, I'm so thankful for my life in that respect and and the fact that my life choices and taking a risk against all the odds actually paid off. I don't even know how it happened. (laughs) I love that you're like, no, seriously. Yeah, because it could have gone the other way and I've seen it happen so many times. And so I'm so thankful that I love my job. I'm so thankful that I get to be in this industry that I had such incredible times within the music industry that I got to see the world. I'd never been on an aeroplane until I joined a girl group. And aside from family, yeah, it's the greatest love of my life. So I'll forever be thankful for it. 
And I feel like, you know, you mentioned risk and that idea of, you know, the risk of, of leaving college and, and joining a girl group, which, you know, at the time, like... ludicrous. <laughs> lots of them, you know, started and, and went nowhere. So it is a, like, it's a massive risk. Where did that kind of, I don't know whether it's confidence or divine push or what was it that made you think fuck it let's go it was a bit of um divine push to be honest because okay. i i was quite scared of everything and even nervous to pick up a phone and make an inquiry when i was 17 18 years old and yeah. i remember one day it took me about an hour to pick up the phone and inquire to this street dance class in bond street and i i did and i went and i stood at the back of the class because i was petrified and probably thought i'd be the, the worst one there but i knew it was a passion and something i wanted to do and after that mm. class i was approached by somebody who had a production company who said i'd love for you to come and write some songs with me and we can develop you as an artist and then on the way home on the same day I was approached by somebody else on the train that asked, said they were putting a group together. Would I like to be in this group? And I remember running in the door and saying to my mum, I think the universe is trying to tell me something. Because oh, tw wow. twice in the same day, I was kind of like approached about the same thing. And it was simply by me having the, I know it sounds so silly, but simply by having the courage to pick up that phone, make that inquiry. And none of my friends were interested. Going, I remember going into London on my own, standing at the back of this class. And it all happened yeah. on that one day, simply by me doing the work. And that was a huge mm. lesson. I realised that the minute you, whether it's make a phone call or an inquiry, send an email, physically take yourself out of your environment and into a new one, then the universe listens and responds so I learned that lesson quite early on and also there was this wow, just this deep deep knowing that I should be doing something else and I couldn't quite put my finger on it but it was just a feeling and I chose to listen to that feeling and I've had times you know between the ages of 18 and 25 where I've ignored that voice and there's been detrimental consequences but I've had times where I've listened to that voice and there have been huge payoffs so yeah. again massive learning um during that period of time of my life and massive highs mm. and lows as well so quite interesting yeah and I love that and I think that's absolutely right you know it's not a coincidence mm. that those you know there were two approaches on that day because it was you basically saying okay yeah I hear you I'm gonna do something that's about right. it that's right mm. exactly and um, yeah and I knew it was like the biggest risk ever <laughs> But I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't care. And it's also a risk to stay doing what you're doing. Exactly. If it's not doing it for you. Exactly. If you don't listen to that voice and ignore it, and then uh, God forbid how that would feel later on down the line. Yeah. And I thought, mm -hmm. you know, my life is too precious and too short to waste any opportunity. And also, mm -hmm. I think growing up in such a way where I just was so determined to do something with my life and just rewrite the script for myself and yeah. build the life that I wanted to build. I was so determined to do that. That's what was driving me as well, I think. Mm, amazing. And you know, when you ran in that door and were like, I think the universe is, <laughs> is giving me a sign. How were you aware of that language? Oh, I'm trying right. to teach that to my daughter. <laughs> but like, I, it was certainly like, I had to discover that quite late on now. You know, <laughs> Ruby lies in bed and it's like, universe. You know, the other day, my, my husband has hurt his back. And um, she said, he was like, I really need to get a couple of them little blocks for yoga. And she put up her finger and was like, 
one second and she like <laughs> put her head up to the sky closed her eyes and was like dear universe can we please wow. get some yoga blocks for daddy thank you <laughs> oh that's fantastic it's amazing amazing but I mean that's like language that I'm kind of consciously yes. Yes. you know aware of communicating with her but it was like it was not in my realms was it in yours yes that's interesting so my seven-year-old is very sort of like tuned in already but that's because mm-hmm. she has you know two parents that are always sort of talking in this way using this language and also my mum who is very like you said to me at the beginning of our chat you're a deep soul but no my mum is like super super deep um yeah and I think that's probably where I got that from like when I was about 14 15 16 my mum became a born again Christian And so would have all of... And and actually, I rebelled against that a lot when I was young because I didn't Mm. like it and I didn't understand it and I found it quite confusing. But she would always have her friends over and they would have these deep conversations and discussions about God and spirituality and Christianity. And even though I was like that annoying teenager that would rebel and slam doors and make it known that I didn't like it, I would secretly have one ear sort of like listening and taking it in. And then obviously the older and more mature that I got, the more open I was to have those conversations and really listen to what was being said. And in some way, even though I'm not personally, I've not been christened myself, I do believe that I'm very spiritual, as I believe we're all spiritual beings here having a human experience. Um, I think I learned so much from that period of time where my mum was going through so much change. And I saw the benefits of this change and how she transformed and became this most the most amazing person having been through everything she'd been through it was so inspiring to me and it was and and I think like you you do learn from your parents not necessarily what they're sitting down telling you but just by watching and listening you're learning and you're taking it all in so I think somewhere in there I picked up a few nuggets but Again, I was a very, I was quite angry and frustrated as a teenager. It took me many, many years to sort of work through all of that. But Mm -hmm. having that knowledge and just knowing that that was something I could tap into really, really helped assist in me sort of getting to the place that I'm at now, which is, Mm -hmm. I'd like to think my mind is in a very healthy space. Because 20 years ago, as I said, I was a different person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I said, sometimes I feel like I've lived, you know, three different lives because I don't actually recognise who I was back then because there's been so much transformation internally but I think that's definitely been through the help of my mum not with her sitting me down you know but more just general conversations example and listening Mm. and watching and understanding it and that state of awareness that we talked about earlier I think that's so important as well and also I think sometimes the language around God can be very repellent for people. They're like, not for me. Especially a teenager. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. And also anything your parents do, you're like, forget about it. I'm not yeah. interested. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just quite divisive, I think, sometimes. So yeah. people are figuring out. Exactly. Because I was going to say, some people are lucky that they know exactly what they believe, what they feel, mm-hmm. and they have that knowing. You know, my mum is an example of it. She, yeah. you know, it's not about, oh, I think God exists. In her world, in her life god is real god exists and that's her faith and that's her that's that's her belief whereas some people they 
are still trying to figure it out and they're still trying to work out what it is they believe. So they don't always want to share it while they're still trying to connect to it and decide what they believe in or trying to understand these inner workings of our soul and our mind. So that's why I think it is quite an interesting one for people when it comes to conversing about it, you know? Yeah, I think we're getting old, Alicia. I think we are, babe. (laughs) Do you know, when you start having these conversations, you're like, yeah... You know, about faith, because even faith, I would have been like, ah, lads, faith, are you kidding me? It was like an old grey people had faith and they knelt at the church and it was like, I rebelled against that. And it maybe a similar way that you did to home. I was like, ah, no, not for me. I'm a lot cooler and more worldly than all that nonsense. <laughs> and I think, you know. But that's what I mean about when I was younger and all these conversations yeah. were happening. First, as I said, it, there's the, the rebellion. And then also like my friends mm. are aren't sitting around listening to their parents talk about this and I always felt like you know my house was strange that's how it always felt Mm -hmm. but then I also realized quite quickly that oh maybe we're onto something here (laughs) it was like that kind of like knowing as well it was a really interesting kind of (laughs) conundrum <laughs> yeah. Yes, a, l- a glorious conundrum. Yeah, exactly. Some would say. Exactly. Um, that worked out very well. Yeah. Moving from you know the deep to something a little more frivolous. Is there a gift or like a present that you are most grateful for? People don't buy me silly gifts, which is really annoying. Bastards. I know, because I'm surrounded by deep people, Angela. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, if you see some of the gifts I get given. So I, what, are we talking like crystals and stuff oh, like that? Oh, yeah, I mean, my mum's my house is full of them. Full of them. She, my mum lives with me, by the way, just at, like in the annex okay. at the end of the garden. Um, I actually have a gift that is quite sentimental that my mum bought me. It's a, it's a little gold necklace and I never wear it because I'm petrified of losing it. So I just oh. keep it in a box. And it's basically, it's just a little heart and it's got a lotus flower on the front. And inside it's got like a little poem, a few words about what the lotus flower represents. And it's got a picture of my mum and my nan in there. And it's, yeah, it's really, it's just a really beautiful um, gift. And I always loved it because the message was basically, um, I think, isn't the lotus flower the symbol of spiritual beauty? And it's about like floating on the water, but remaining dry. So like being, being a part of this earth, but not being of it. So it's kind of like Mm. a deep sentiment within there. And yeah, it's just been, I lose things and I don't like it when people buy me things that are, precious because I'm afraid that I'm gonna lose yeah so it's the only gift I've ever had for I've had it for about 20 years it's in a box in my room and I just I never wear it but it's the it's the only thing I think I own that has any sentimental value to it oh I do have another thing that I love which is a bit lighter (laughs) I love that take that pendant (laughs) my friend bought me in 1992 right you could buy me a diamond I don't own any diamonds by the way but you could buy me a diamond and it would not mean as much to me as a take that 1992 pendant so was it like the double t <laughs> the double t oh, oh yeah that too sits in a box and doesn't if anyone oh. ever lost that I would be genuinely devastated <laughs> wow I bet do so you worked with Gary Shirley oh, so was that weird yes. then 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've told Gary this because I actually got to interview the boys backstage at the Brits. And I remember saying to them, this is so surreal for me because I was one of the take that army, you know. Oh, and it's, that's, that's what we were called. We were an army. Yeah. So, um, and you took it seriously. I took it very seriously. And, yeah, when I was 13, 14, I was a huge take that fan. So to climb a mountain with him and write a song with him yeah. and work with him and I call him he's like my mate now mm, yeah <laughs> it's, so it's funny, funny how even when you say that you're like I, hey, I mean I, I think is he? Yeah. <laughs> still Gary from take that but like apparently we're part I've got his number so it must be <laughs> It's so it's brilliant. funny how life works out like that. I know. Yeah, that was on the vision board as well, yeah, hey? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I love that. Right, finally, is there a hashtag blessed moment? Yeah, so the hashtag blessed moment would probably be when Mystique performed at the Queen's Jubilee. Oh. And we were sitting um, in the gardens of Buckingham Palace and I was with my TV plugger at the time, Laura, who I'm still really good friends with. And we sat there watching Paul McCartney sound check and we could see the big screens wow. and everybody gathering outside and we knew the, sh- we knew the show was going to be watched all around the world. And we literally were sitting there crying our eyes out. It was one of those moments oh where we God. were like, I can't believe we're here. It was such a big wow. deal at the time. I can't remember. This might have been like 2002, I think. So a long, long time Amazing. ago. But it was just one of those moments yeah. for us. All Everything we'd been through as a group and to get to where we were. And there we were sitting at Buckingham Palace watching Paul McCartney. It was a beautiful, sunny day. And it was just one of those moments where you just think, oh, my God, we're so lucky. Like, this is incredible. Yeah. And it always... I always remember that moment because people always ask, you know, what was your favourite moment or favourite performance? And, of course, there have been many, but that one just always stood out because I remember it being an emotional day. And, you know, yeah. there was Annie Lennox was there and Phil Collins and all these greats, you know, Brian May. So it was iconic. Iconic, yeah, all the icons. Yeah. And, like, little old us, you know, signed yeah. to this teeny tiny independent label, being a, a black girl group, you know, with yeah. all the odds against us. And we just felt like, oh, my gosh, here we are. And it was just like one of those moments that we just all had a cry and (laughs) just... Oh, that's beautiful. It was really special. It was really special. Yeah. And and also lovely that you knew the significance of it in the moment. Yes, exactly. Rather than it just being another working day. No, not at all. Because I remember that day I was so excited because I got to invite my nan. Uh, This is my nanny nanny Maureen. I got to invite her and... uh, and she's such a royalist and obviously she's around the same age as the queen and she was so excited to come and they gave them all a picnic and they got to sit in the gardens of Buckingham Palace and have their picnic. Obviously, these were the days where they wow. didn't let tourists into Buckingham Palace as well. You yeah. Know? So it was a big deal and I just was so happy that my nan got to experience that. It was lovely. Yeah, yeah so nice. Oh, that is wonderful. Yeah. That is gorgeous note to end oh. on. Thank you so much, Alicia. I've absolutely loved this. I've got multiple notes <laughs> made. <laughs> Multiple lessons learned yeah, over the course of our it. chat. Start the day off right. Yeah. I love it. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. I love that. How brilliant is her laugh? Love her. Love that. Big thank you to Alicia. Her new children's book, Girls Rule, is out now, as well as her single, War. And as ever, if this has sparked some ideas about what you're thankful for, I would love to hear all about it. So please do drop me a line using the hashtag ThanksAmillionTrio at Angela Scanlon. And you can also follow Alicia at AliciaOfficial. Now, listen up. 
Series 4 is underway and we will be releasing new episodes every single week. So do subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Just so, you know, we drop in your little inbox. Unintrusive, just more like a wink and a little nod to come join. Apart from weekly episodes with delicious guests, we have the Thanks That Got Away mini pods courtesy of you. Yes, you, my delightful listeners. They are released every Friday and they are you maybe not you specifically, but it could be you, sharing your gorgeous, funny, heartfelt stories about the thank you that got away. Go and listen to the latest for how to get involved. We need your stories. I need you. And if you're loving the show, please do write us a review. Ideally five stars. None of this one star nonsense. It's like trolling me. And tell your friends in person if you're still doing that or on WhatsApp like the rest of us. It helps to spread the word a little bit further. Thank you to my producer, Louise Mason, and to you, the listeners. See you next week. Hold up. 